Volume One, Chapter Nineteen of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Nineteen. Here comes the Briton. Let him be so entertained among you as suits a stranger of his quality. I beseech you all be better known to this gentleman. Shakespeare the duchess's calculation that arthur would only too eagerly accept her general invitation proved erroneous for a whole week the new member did not make himself visible in st james's square and her grace satisfied of the all-surpassing attractions of her gay house and brilliant society fancied that the sort of shy reserve so common to young englishmen must be the cause of his absence yet how to attribute shyness or reserve to the frank and well-bred mr armytage who had fait fureur in paris whose demeanour at his election bear-baiting and whose maiden speech in the house were already cited as an honour to the county of york still less was her grace inclined to accept as an apology for his remissness the motive assigned by her son lord leicester that armytage was too well amused at his clubs and among his former brother officers to trouble himself with the intolerable nuisance of dressing to dine out intent on the accomplishment of her scheme the duchess next decided that arthur was proud proud with the susceptible pride of a squire that her civilities had been too familiar and a vast card was accordingly dispatched inviting him for a solemn dinner-party at a fortnight's date a solemn dinner-party on an ex-senatorial saturday which left him no plea of evasion he found one however in spite of all her precaution that one eventful and especial saturday was the last day of ascot races when profiting by the dies non arthur had engaged himself to dine and sleep at lord Rydal's in the neighbourhood of windsor the duchess was excessively provoked the more so that the recusant object of her patronage could plead an engagement so much to the purpose her own sons ay even her eldest her cupid of fifty descents the irresistible marquis of downham had expressed in her hearing the most anxious desire to form part of the race party at lord Rydal's, and his consciousness of the inaccessibility of such a distinction that arthur armytage had managed to penetrate the exclusive portal she could neither understand nor forgive i have been attacking this man only to get at his wife was the result of her serious meditation on the subject and i see that it is only through his wife that i can hope to attack him and chance favoured the design on the following day there was what was called a private view of a fashionable exhibition that is an opportunity for the elect of the gay world to crush each other to death in a mob of five hundred people instead of taking their ease among the two or three individuals of doubtful quality paying for their admittance on the following day in the thickest and hottest of this privileged mob was arthur fated to encounter the duchess panting and ghastly salt-spottle and vinaigrette in hand delighted to see you mr armytage what a dreadful crowd the heat is perfectly overpowering the directors ought to be more reserved in issuing tickets two young ladies already carried out fainting and old lord fussball in an attack 
which i trust may not prove apoplectic appearances were sadly against him can i be of any use in assisting you to make your way towards the door inquired arthur good-naturedly compassionating her grace's half-asphyxiated condition thank you no we are making our way regularly through the rooms i have scarcely seen the pictures in this room honoria my love there is lord edward brereton just squeezing in at the door and bowing to you arthur was about to profit by this aside and turn away but the duchess was quick-sighted as a lynx i hope you have satisfactory news from holywell mr armytage it is a very great disappointment to my daughters and myself amabel lord clydesdale going away and you have not spoken to him that mrs arthur armytage should have been prevented visiting town this season we have heard so much of her from my son wyndham as to venture to look upon her as an acquaintance and i was in hopes we should have met very frequently in the course of the season arthur bowed his acknowledgments as it is i trust our intercourse will commence on a still more friendly footing in the country mrs armytage i know is wedded to holywell and the thirty miles distance between us has proved an obstacle to intimacy between the families you must persuade your wife to be more indulgent to suppose us neighbours and leave it to us to induce her to look upon us as friends the warm feelings of arthur were touched they were particularly accessible to any kindness shown to marian he was fluent in his thanks then turning to lady honoria whose eyes seemed riveted on a fine claude uttered some commonplace remarks on the merits of the collection from her replies to which it was easy to be gathered that she did not know a hogarth from a tenier a rubens from a reynolds if you are fond of pictures mr armytage said the duchess graciously you should accompany me this evening to my brother lord wildingham's his gallery is considered one of the most select in london arthur again all gratitude was compelled to admit that if he could get away from the house he was engaged to join the rotherhams at the opera join the rotherhams and he had never once profited by the duchess's invitation to her box i did not know the rotherhams were opera-going people said lady honoria sneeringly in fact one seldom sees them anywhere opera-going but not ballet-staying people replied arthur with a smile lady rotherham's health does not admit of her keeping late hours yes i am aware that she is a sort of madame argan who has been dying by half-inches these one-and-twenty years said the duchess of spalding i used to put her name down for my footman's weekly circular of inquiries after the sick and convalescent but as she was always as well as could be expected and as i expected nothing at all about the matter i scratched her out at last as dead or ought to be dead arthur did not laugh although he saw it was expected of him i fancy willis pays an annuity to lady rotherham and her daughter for airing his rooms there they are every wednesday i am told as punctual as candle lighters and as one is going up the stairs two or three hours afterwards one is sure to be bowed to from some odd corner by two mummies hooded up in their cloaks to wait for their carriage and to hear when yours drives off that lady rotherham's stops the way not always quite so early 
said arthur armytage piqued for his friends i assure you i was dancing with lady laura at lady rydal's ball at three o'clock this morning a very pretty story upon my honour exclaimed a wheezy voice issuing from a fat figure in a bright blue pelisse wedged in between the duchess of spalding and lady amabel and overpoweringly scented with vervain so this is the way you country gentlemen perform your duties in parliament poor dear dyke declares he never gets a glimpse of you in the house not even when the leeds railroad was brought forward last week well well if you don't make some very fine promises and come and take your family dinner with us on sunday trust to me for writing word of all your proceedings to your wife and poor arthur found his hands heartily shaken by the good-humoured mrs dyke robsey her elbows meanwhile protruding themselves unmercifully into the shrinking sides of the duchess and her daughter but the duchess was too discreet even to look her astonishment and what in the wide world have you been doing with yourself ever since you have been in town pursued the blue lady alive to nothing but the good fortune of a meeting with her young relative we've been expecting and expecting you to call again ever since the day you left your card and no end of dinner parties and always a knife and fork kept for you you know you're a first favourite with poor dear dyke only he's rather in dudgeon just now about your name being in the majority against the liscard railroad and between ourselves my brother baltimore is getting rather huffy about never being able to get a sight of you he says he calls and calls and you are always out or your servant says you are dining at lord rotherham's or botherham's or some great man's or other now you know jack has a warm heart and it's natural he should i beg your pardon ma'am cried mrs robsey interrupting herself to address the duchess but your voile is sticking to my chain and if we don't take care there'll be a tear and tear is sometimes worse than wear as my sister baltimore says to her bantlings the duchess did not or would not hear a slight movement in the crowd favoured her escape and the magnificent demi-voile of application de bruxelles soon hung in shreds round her supercilious face while with a languid smile of adieu to arthur the lady spalding passed on superior well if ever i saw such folly cried mrs dyke robsey forty guineas if it cost a shilling and just because she was too idle to help me disentangle it hush the duchess of spalding will overhear you whispered arthur hoping to moderate her voice if not her indignation the duchess who did you say the duchess cried mrs robsey still louder than before the duchess of spalding she is still close to us be cautious said arthur now why didn't you tell me at once that it was the duchess of spalding exclaimed marian's aunt it would have been such a famous opportunity for getting acquainted with her as i've long been wanting to know her we were all staying together at the york hotel at dover last summer do see if we can't push after her and you can introduce me and i can apologise the duchess and her daughters as you perceive are in haste to leave the room said arthur in a low voice perceiving from the smiles evident on several strange faces around them that their conversation had been overheard another time ay ay another time she replied easily satisfied and easily diverted from her object we'll talk about it to-morrow at dinner 
six o'clock and punctual please as it's sunday on account of the servants it's poor dear dyke's rule as you may remember for the establishment to enjoy itself of a sunday my dear armitage whispered lord greta who had accompanied arthur to the gallery and hastened to rejoin him as soon as he noticed the departure of the duchess of spalding his favourite aversion i think i hear you making an engagement for sunday as if you were inclined to forget your promise of accompanying us to petersham to-morrow i had indeed forgotten it replied armitage but pray let me present you to mrs robsey that you may assist me to plead my excuses and an introduction to a lord a young and handsome lord certainly had its share in averting the good lady's displeasure while greta too gentlemanly to fancy himself irretrievably lost in the eyes of the world from being seen in conversation with a lady in a flashy police and too true to his political vocation not to profit by arthur's whisper of wife to the whig member for perjurum explained the previous engagement of his friend with the most courteous deference escorted to her carriage by the two young men her vast variety of chains and trinkets jingling at every step mrs robsey after uttering very audible adieu to his lordship from the door of her brishka called aloud to bid arthur mind and come and take his mutton within the first idle day or poor dear dyke would never forgive him it was shameful of him to give all his time to those botherums luckily Lord Greta was out of hearing. End of Volume 1, Chapter 19